0: Alright, uh, uh hello everybody, welcome back to Tripod, this is Adrian, your usual host. Uh, today I am joined by two co-hosts, uh, a fairly small tripod today, we'll go ahead and let them introduce themselves, going in order on Discord.
1: I am the small shogun this time.
2: Hi, I am Danny, I make music sometimes, maybe.
3: Cool uh
0: and yeah welcome back it's been a short minute since we've uh been on we had to can i had to cancel last month because it just kept getting delayed and delayed so moved it this month and it's father's day and i feel kind of bad for having it, the podcast on, on father's day but like if i didn't do it today then we would have had to cancel another month and i didn't want to group like three tripods worth of shit into next month so here we are today uh, let's go ahead and jump into the first section. Let's talk about what's going on in Triples. Uh, truth be told, there's not really a lot going on right now. Um, mm. We are playing Minecraft, sort of, right now. We've changed our server from the modded server to just a vanilla server, all with like the caves update and everything, and that's been kind of fun. Otherwise, no, no real events going on right now. What about you guys? You got anything going
2: on? Uh, not really. I've just been, like, living. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, a whole lot of nothing. Been very much video game-centric for majority of it. I'm playing Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War a lot more than I thought I would.
2: Just yeah. trying to vibe, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: hmm Yep. Life has kind of settled here, so I can't complain.
0: Nature is healing. Um... Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's that simple. Like there's really just not much going on in TriPod right now or TriPulse right now. So we're going to move on to the music section. And we're going to talk about some music that's come out um kind of like in the late April, all the way through May and early June kind of area. Uh, again, to be honest, just because of how this last month's been, how this month's been, I don't really have a whole lot of notes. I don't really have a whole lot of stuff to say. I've got things to take shout-outs to. Um and of course, our release of the month. We can talk about that. I'm not really going to say much about it because I thought the release of the month was okay, but I didn't really think it was like as hyped as like I wanted it to be. And we'll get into all of that as we go into detail on it. Um, so, actually, I'll go first and talking about a couple things. Um, first of all, I want to talk about uh, music from a video game that I've talked about a few times before. Um, talk about Cyberpunk the last installment of the night city radio uh compilation music whatever it came out actually came out in late april and um this one has a fuckload of music on it this is all the music that basically they didn't like make into like the big singles or whatever um and it's a lot of the same like kind of people on that as well it's a a lot of uh conrad old money um that, and then, like you know, some of their other like bigger ones, like Let Destroy and Kid Moxie and all of them, Blue Stallies on it, uh, Oneo, uh, Residron, just a bunch of different people like that worked really, really hard on like basically creating all the other filler kind of content of the music because these guys these guys really like did a whole lot of work to make to the world kind of feel a little even more alive when it comes to this world. And I just wanted to give a quick shout-out to that. Um There's a lot of really cool music in that game. It's one of the, maybe the only redeeming factor of that game right now. And few I, highlights. Yeah, it's, it's great. Like, go check it out. It's called Cyberpunk 2077, more music from Night City. I'm fairly certain that's going to be the last installment from this game. I can't see them doing anything else unless like cdpr like follows through really really hard with making this game better and their roadmap looks like shit so i can't really speak to that um otherwise things that have come out that i will kind of like quickly you know give a shout out to or talk about um oh shit what record label is this Whoop! i don't want to play that uh, I've already, heard. oh, Kid Phonics had their Heavyweight Volume 5 come out, which is like dubstep. And then he also had a new uh, compilation called Lightweight um, Volume 1 that came out, which focuses on like more like relaxed kind of EDM kind of stuff, which is pretty cool, pretty fun to listen to. Um, Mises had an, Midas? Midas? Um, uh, I don't know how to say his name. Came out with a new album called Lost. Uh, Arm and Hammer has some new music. Keizo, Sullivan King has some new music come out called Domination. It's got Papa Roach on it. Um, Must Die had an album come out, uh, Fox Capture Plan. Park Avenue had this really kind of interesting EP came out that um, actually I don't know if I sent it to you or not, Danny, but um, I think you'll really like that. And uh, yeah. <coughs> uh, it's called it's a it's called educe fully a, a do- dose I don't know it's a it's an EP by Park Avenue I'll, I'll send you a link to it here in a little while but um, okay I thought that was I thought it was a pretty good EP it was actually gonna be the one that I talked about more last month but like I said we didn't have last month's episode um, a couple other releases Hellisex had a uh, an EP come out called the Trinity EP hexcougar has a new EP out called Genesis. Um, I really enjoyed a lot of what I just, like, spewed out there. Uh, I don't want to take up too much time. Like, I I know danny has got quite a few things to talk about. Um, Shogun probably has a little bit (laughs) to talk about. And, of course, we're going to talk about Nurture here in a little bit. So that's everything that I have for today. Um, And I'll let one of you take the floor. Also, Issa is here now. So let's let... uh, You're unmuted now. Let's let them introduce themselves real quick.
3: Hello, I'm awake. <laughs> <laughs> I literally had an no alarm set for like two hours before and I fucking missed it. So did,
2: did you just like shut it off and go back to sleep or something?
3: No, I was awake, but I just kept falling back asleep and kept waking up. So, yes,
2: oh. <laughs> okay. that, sounds, that literally you, sounds you like you're pressing the snooze button. Are you no, recording
3: no. your voice right now? I mean, hold up. Oh, come on. Now I am. Why, you
2: gotta, Okay, yeah, you gotta do that. Okay. Yeah, I know. <laughs>
0: Anyways, now, you guys, take over for music. Tell me what you've been listening to, what you're excited about. Danny, I know you have a lot to talk about, but I do want you to, like, try and... Like, t- make t- it a little t- quick. Make it a little quick, because, like, yeah. the game section is going to take a long time, too, I think.
3: Danny, so- I just want... Uh, sorry, huh? I just I just want to say one thing. All the music that you sent me, I listened to it within the span of four hours.
2: Okay, so you can talk about that like with me.
3: Yeah, but bit. like my brain is mush, and I remember like a little bit of it.
2: Understandable. <laughs> okay, so uh, first of all, before I get into like the nitty gritty of some of the other releases that I wanted to talk about, I just wanted to give a shout out to Goop House. Um, So there's a Discord server that emerged over the past couple months, and every month they do a challenge where you have, like, a week to create a song, and it's basically, like, the whole point is, like, experiment and have some fun with it. And so they've already had, like, two compilations out now, with the most recent one coming out last Saturday. Uh, but I just wanted to give them a shout out. And if that's like a challenge that you'd be interested in, go and check out their discord server. Uh, so as for the other things that I've listened to, I want to start with a couple of EPs. So first of all is um, DOS's four new hit songs. I loved this one, right? Because it's, it's like kind of a um, combination of house, trance, some kind of bubblegum stuff because they have, like, high-pitched vocals. But it kind of, like, alternates between these really, like, dreamy and lush soundscapes and these really, like, bouncy kind of bops. Uh, I kind of like the lush and dreamy songs better, those being the uh kind of, like, dreamy, like, trance, like, breakbeat thing puppy. Right. I like that one a lot. But then... The song "Strawberry" this one takes the cake for me, right? This is like I'm I'm talking song of the year contender for me here with "Strawberry." It's like uh, kind of like a shoegazy thing going on with with this like very laid back drum beat in the back, very like lots of ambient stuff going on, chopped up vocals. It's it's just beautiful, right? This is a masterpiece right here. I I cannot get enough of this one. But then the other songs, uh, like, On Your Mind, and I I kind of forgot what the other one was called. Give me a second. <laughs> uh, uh, look. Look. Okay, yeah.
3: That, that song, that song is my favorite from the EP, because it's just like, it just reminds me of a whole bunch of, like, early 2000s house I would listen to when I was younger, and I was... When I heard the song for the first time, I was so giddy. I was like, ooh, this is really good.
2: Yeah, because that actually, that actually brings up another point that I was going to say is that for something that came out in 2021, this came out in May, uh, it sounds like something that you would hear from, like, the early 2010s or, like, the 2000s. Overall, really good collection of songs. I love this one. Uh, then there's Tor's Eel EP. So this is a collection of five songs, uh, more kind of like on the glitchy, like, indie pop side of things, Uh, with my favorite songs being the songs, like, the first two, Character Select and Damn It. These are, like, um, some glitchy kind of, like, pop rock songs. And these are just, like, they slap, they're good, they're punchy. And I like them a lot, especially with all, like, the glitchy sounds going on. Like kind of interspersed in between. Uh I did like I did like that one. Um I do I I believe
0: I listened to that one. I did like that one. I felt like it was a good like background kind of not hype soundtrack, but like just a soundtrack to like get things done too. Yeah. Um yeah, I felt I felt like that was good music to listen to, like if you're playing a game or if you're doing something on the computer. I'm not necessarily workout music, but I did I did enjoy that one.
2: Yeah. And with some of the other songs on here, uh, Leave, I also like a lot.
3: Yes. Uh, Yes, that's my favorite one.
2: Yeah, because this one's like especially glitchy, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Because um, the first half sounds like, and I mean this in the best, most loving way possible, it sounds like you pirated an 80 kilobit per second song off of Napster in like 2002. Or... If if they were still alive in two thousand two,
0: honestly, that's <laughs>
2: such a that's an
0: interesting way of putting things because yeah, that is that, that is, is definitely that. that is definitely like an era of music right there.
3: <laughs> that that's an era of music in itself. Also, I, I would
0: say I would say LimeWire at that point in time. Okay, not, not Napster. Napster was more like
3: nineties. Did you know uh, you can? Did you know you can download LimeWire Premium with LimeWire?
0: yeah that doesn't surprise me
3: how dare you forget our
1: lord and savior Kazaa?
0: Kazaa! oh kazah minewire (laughs) Kazaa, fucking uh what was the other one dare you
2: frostwire or whatever it's called frostwire i think that's what
0: it was i never got into those actually i just went straight to torrenting but um yeah well, that's a conversation for a different time.
3: <laughs> uh, next podcast, we get to hear about Adrian's torrenting days. Mm, I guess.
0: It's it's far enough in the past where I can talk about it casually. Cause, I mean, what, what is the FBI going to do? Are they really going to knock my door down for stealing a movie in 2011? Uh, yeah, so come
1: tune in to the Tripod podcast if you want to learn how to do illegal stuff.
3: I have uh, an entire <laughs> DVD case of like five hundred movies that are illegally downloaded and burned on a CD.
0: Yeah, see I never did that. I never I never did that.
3: <laughs> yeah. So that's that's like a whole bunch of music and fines and shit, but like
0: But that's not I, that's not like n- distribution or intent to distribute, you know. That's like oh, yeah, it's just no, that's course. just for you. Like it's just it's hard to like kinda like come down to people with that. Anyways, yeah. Danny, continue
2: with, with your music. Yeah. Okay, so th- then the other two songs on this EP, which are Acetone and Guard Down, I like these two. They're kind of like your usual like, hyper-pop fare. Uh, Guard Down also has some like future-based kind of influence going on. Now, uh, comparably, like with the other songs on here, I think these are like the weaker ones. That being said, I still think they're good, and I do like this EP as a whole. Uh, so then now to get into a couple of albums uh there is 21 pilots scaled and icy. So uh <laughs> what a weird Yeah that EP. one
0: Huh? I said what a weird EP. Oh. <laughs> I, don't I don't know, know. What? I don't it's, it's I don't know it's different for 21 pilots. Like even though Pi- oh. 21 pilots like the different band like this is different. <laughs>
2: yeah yeah this is so so like in order to understand really what they did here it kind of takes a little bit of understanding of like kind of the setting and lore that they were trying to build off of trench are you are you trying to tell me are you
0: trying to tell me 21 pilots it i have to have a iq high iq to understand it no i'm I'm not saying Uh, it's good uh, are you telling me 21 pilots is the rick and morty of the music world (laughs) right now is that what you're trying to tell me
3: (laughs) i mean yeah i'm
2: not i'm not saying this is good but i mean like kind of explain their artistic choices here No, yeah i I get you so so in so (laughs) so so in trench they're establishing this like dystopian city called dima and it's and the tyrannical bishops that run it and establishing like this main character clancy that's trying to like overturn all of that as part of a rebellion shit you know like usual dystopian shit yeah uh so the thing with Skeld and Icy is it's basically like imagine if the band got kidnapped by the bishops of Dima and brainwashed to make pro-Dima propaganda.
3: Oh, so so that, you told me about this already. I yeah,
2: so so like this, this album kind of goes into a pitfall that I think a lot of bands tend to do when they want to do something more conceptual and full of lore like this. They go way too deep into it. To where, in order to like fully understand it, you have to know about all of that to some degree, because basically, with as as them as part of them being brainwashed and shit, they're doing like all of these like bland pop songs, and it is done to good effect on some of these, but overall, it's it's not really all that great of a record. Uh, like songs like "Shy Away," "Mulberry Street," "Fucking Slap." Okay, they're really good. I like them a lot. Just because they're, like, huge bops, I haven't really read into the lyrics that much, so I'm not going from that perspective. But just, like, as, as like, songs to listen to, they sound good, they're dancey, I love them a lot. But they really go too far in some of these with, like, the blandness. Like, Saturday and Bounce Man, I cannot stand.
3: Like, those Okay. all right, I have some shit to say after you're done talking.
2: Like, 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 those songs have to be contenders for some of the worst songs that 21 Pilots have ever written. Uh, but then, for being something of, like, a very light and, like, poppy album to contrast with Trench, it takes a very sudden dark turn at the end with the yeah. songs No Chances and Redecorate. And I actually love both of these a lot redecorate in particular could have been on trench and i wouldn't bat an eye like it it is that's really good but as an album i'm just like i'm i'm left confused you can go ahead
3: okay yeah i was just listening to a few of the songs so i put down i think this is the one album where i had the most notes for it so i had it as like you know best song or songs pros cons and then for this one, I had to add pro but also Lacan question mark <laughs> because so obviously it's a lot of what you said. You know, I think it has catchy verses and solid intruma- uh, instrumentation. I'm glad to see that Tyler is actually rapping in a few of his songs instead of just singing because I love when he raps. It's amazing. It's funky on a few songs, including Saturday. It felt like a disco revival for a bit. Like Saturday, I was like, ooh. It reminds me of like 80s disco, but like fresh and new. And as the album progresses, each song gets slightly better than the previous one. Now for the cons, it's definitely a disappointment from their previous album. Their previous album slapped hella hard. Their production was raw and fresh. And this just felt like... Every every song I listened to felt so dry and so overproduced. It felt too clean. It, I didn't have that raw energy like I did from a Trench. That was the one part that made me so mad because it just sounded like it sounded way too radio friendly. Yeah, it's,
2: it's like, again, they went way too far with like trying to work with the concept. They did too much.
3: Yeah, I don't I don't like the fact that they did that, but what can you do, you know? I, I would still listen to Trenched in this, though. And, so, oh, wait, yeah, oh wait, one more thing. Here's my pro, but also a con. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea why, but some songs felt like covers of pre-existing songs. The outside sounds like Rasputin, while Mulberry Street sounds like an Elton John record. I can't well, tell if I like that or not. <laughs>
2: Well, also because because now do you say that, formidable is basically there's a light that never goes out by the Smiths. It, that that's literally what that is. It is the exact same song.
3: Okay. <laughs> oh my god.
2: Uh, <laughs> but but yeah, it's like it's it's got it's got some good moments, but overall, compared to Trench, very disappointing. I'm hoping that they come out with more music soon. Uh. To kind of continue on the story, because like they they really went too far on trying to make like bland pop songs.
3: Yeah, I, I'd listen to like like the few songs I listened to: "The Outside," uh "Saturday," "Mulberry Street," "Redecorate." I'd listen to those just randomly, but I wouldn't listen to the album as a whole again, personally.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, so next up is um yes. the band yes. Squid yes. with Bright Green Field. Yes. So uh so like uh, over the past couple of years there's been like this scene emerging in England of uh these like experimental, like post punk, post rock bands, you know, like you got your black middies, you got your black country new road, then you got your squid. Okay. Like um so squid. like the thing with this is like the overall with all of these bands, it's the music is good, but like it's kind of like if you're talking about like music nerds and like people listen to a lot of music, it's kind of like a cop out. Like, uh, like they've all been getting a lot of acclaim. And to an extent, I think it's a little overhyped, but squid <laughs> though, with this album really stood out to me because not only is it very boundary pushing and like disregarding of like conventional structure, it's just fun. It's it very is. fun. It's very dancey. It's got a lot of energy, and it's it's just like it's very it's it's angry. It's anxious. It's manic. Well, not maybe not angry, but like it's it's got a lot of energy to it. It's kind of aggressive. It pushes a lot, uh, and like some things that stood out to me in particular is uh some of the like the most like acclaimed songs on here like narrator, pamphlets. And Peel Street, I love I love these a lot, especially especially Peel Street because it's it's just like Peel Street has to be like the most aggressive song in the record.
3: And you love the uh, 2010 though.
2: Oh, 2010, yeah, with like yeah, especially, that, especially with like the weird time signature, the kind of like the kind of like bossa nova feel, and like the first part,
3: yeah, it's really good.
2: Uh, but then Boy Racers is like one of the songs on here. Is like uh, the first three minutes. Is is like another like kind of post-punky song, but then it suddenly turns into this sci-fi ambient piece oh. for the remainder <laughs> of the song.
3: That was my that was my note. I that was my note. What the fuck was that ending to Boy Racers?
2: Yeah. Uh but it's it's like again for, for being something that's so weird and out of bounds, it's just so fun to listen to. It it like I'm having fun listening to it. They definitely sound like they had a lot of fun recording it. I love this one. I love this one a lot.
0: This one, this uh, one's kind of on the same level for me as, uh, as that fucking the Fishmonger album that we talked about in the last episode. Uh, it's just, again, it's just so out there that I'm just not used to it, and don't. It's not. <laughs> it's it's weird this is this is this is me being a boomer basically it's not conventional enough for me i'm not used to it and it's so different that it makes me not want to like it but there's nothing wrong with it like in reality and i can't it's not like you know fishmonger where like i pointed out things that i didn't like this one i can't really pinpoint what it is that i don't like about it but there are some definitely like groovy moments to it some really cool things um exactly what you're talking about just now the the little sci-fi ambient landscape landscape, soundscape soundscape um that was really cool it's just this is one of those albums that it's just like I think I'm gonna have to come back to later to really kind of like learn to appreciate which happens like as you get older that happens more and more like you definitely come back to music and like this was quite a bit ahead of his time um I talk about this a lot or I used to talk about this a lot whenever um, I graduated high school but um I talk about finger I used to talk about finger 11 a lot and finger 11 had like uh the one the one song that was like really popular and that was par- that was paralyzed and then they had an album come out and like that was really like the only song that really kind of took off from that album but years and years later it's like that that album kind of like not stuck with me but like I listened to it pretty regularly um later on after it came out. So it's just it's it's one of those things, you know, you'll come back to it eventually, I think, and find that you like it more and more.
2: Yeah. And then for the last of the albums, I wanna talk about uh A Tiny House in Secret Speeches Polar Equals by Sweet Trip.
3: Uh, okay, let me let me say one thing. Let me okay. say one thing. Um I was listening to all the songs that you had um Said were the most noticeable the few, uh, the few months, and yes. I put them all in the Spotify playlist and listened to them back to back. So I went from just so you know I went from uh, scaled and icy to bright green field and to then this, this one. Yeah, it was it was whiplash like it was yeah. whiplash <laughs> twice, and I was like, oh. as soon as as soon as I heard the first song as soon as i heard the first song i was like oh i'm going to love this so much
2: so so it's um some background on sweet trip is uh so this is one of my favorite groups because they they combine uh like some indie rock genres like shoegaze and like dream pop and stuff like that with like some of the experimental like aspects of like glitch stuff idm electronic stuff like that uh their second album velocity design comfort is one of my favorite albums of all time right i just it's so good but uh to kind of make a comparison between these two there was an album in between those with you will never know why which i haven't heard but from what i've read about it it's more of like a conventional kind of dream pop thing compared to velocity design comfort which that kind of really goes in on the glitchy and IDM aspects with these really long tracks that all kind of bleed into each other and the whole experience as a whole is like indescribable. But with this record, they kind of take those long structures and the glitch and the IDM stuff and they put it within the context of these like dream pop songs. And I, it's it's like... It's really good, and especially with, like, they even go into a little bit of, like, psychedelic stuff at times, and uh, it's very lush, it's very pretty... The first few songs, like Tiny Houses, Surviving a Smile, they, they really front load this, right? Like that's that's one of the issues I have with it is that it's very front loaded. After like about halfway into the track list, it kind of starts to get a little confused and erratic as far as like how it progresses. Uh, but overall, it is like very beautiful record. I'm definitely going to be coming back to this one. Uh, can't. It's obviously not going to compare with like Velocity Design Comfort for me. But this is especially since it's their first record in 12 years. I think, uh, you know, you'll never know why it was like in 2008 or 2009. So this is like their first album since then. It's very welcome to see. I love it a lot. It's, it's, it's great. It's a great return from them. So
0: this is another one of those records where I'm discovering a new kind of problem I have with music. And it's songs that carry on too long. And I don't think any of these songs are like crazy long or anything. It's just that like...
2: Well, I mean, most of them are like five or six minutes. So I mean, I don't blame you there.
0: Like they they just kind of like they hit their points like really quick. Like you said, they're front loaded. So they hit their points really quickly and then it just kind of like drags it out. (laughs) And that's kind of like Again, that's like a new problem for me. Like I don't I can't really think of very many songs or albums or anything like that I felt that way about it. But like I do feel like it's just kind of like not repetitive, but it's just like okay, I've heard this before. Let's 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 move on to, you know, whatever yeah. the, the next act is or whatever. And um again, enjoyable just, you know, I I wish they would Make a club mix out of it. I don't know something. Just <laughs> <laughs> fucking club mix. All right. Um, I'm gonna cut you short right there. I'm gonna uh have us talk about the release of the month, and um, yep. then we're gonna move on to games. So I have a question. What I have is your thought. question? D- Jesus. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm sorry. I didn't mean for that to sound mean. I
3: just <laughs> no. You, no, you're good. You're good. Um, did y'all talk about Crisis Vision already?
0: I gave a quick I don't shout know what out. That is. That's the Must Die album that I said uh, I talked about earlier. Oh, okay. Um, I gave okay, a shout but... out. I didn't really, like I said, I didn't really want to spend tons and tons of time on music because I know we're behind on music. And we could for make true. we could sit here for an hour and a half and talk about music. It's the same thing with games. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna try and keep you guys like expedited on this because I really don't want to do like last year where we had three separate podcasts because of E3 and other shit so Jesus. yeah it's yeah, like um, i've been
2: trying to keep it short but even then i'm still like talking a lot <laughs> no and that's
0: that's fine like that's it's good to be excited about stuff like it's good to be passionate about stuff like that's what i want from you guys that's what i want from our audience like i want people to be excited about music and games and stuff going on in tripod and tri- pause. Try, pause? Try, try pause try pause <laughs> try pause try pause try to pause anyways I, I want that. Like I, I want you guys to be like super on top of like this stuff. I want you guys to be excited because like not I'm not going to be 100% every month. Like this month like I'm really tired and I just I I don't have very many notes. And like I have things that I want to talk about, but I know that you guys have things that you want to talk about and I'm trying to like toe that line so that, you know, we can maintain that energy and like it's present. Yes. It's there and it's appreciated. We just got to run through it a little quicker, (laughs) and I don't. Yeah, and I want to learn from our past. You know, I want to. I want to move on from doing that shit where we're like here for three hours talking about things over and over again. So, anyways, um, we're going to talk about the release of the month really quick. This the release of the month is actually quite an old release by this point in time. It is Porter Robinson's Nurture. This is the most voted for um, on our form as as of yesterday. Um, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna lay it out real quick. People have been looking forward to this album for a very long time. People were thinking that this yeah. is gonna be like a World 2 kind of thing. Like, there is gonna be like this big kind of like overarching story. And it, it, it does, you know, it does what an album is supposed to do. It creates this mood, soundscape, and like overall experience as an album. But it is not World 2. It is not like, Porter, old Porter Robinson. It's not world Porter Robinson. It's not virtual, um, virtual ghost. Is that what his Virtual other? self. Virtual self. Um, yeah. And it's, you know, it's, as Porter as he is today. And that right there is perfectly fine. Um, it's not going to be for everybody. And, um, this is probably something that a lot of people look forward to. This is something that I think a lot of people were like ready for. And I don't mean like ready for like the album to come out. I mean, like, the album itself is something a lot of people were ready for. I think this is a sound that a lot of people are going to enjoy, but to say it plainly, this album is just another album to me. It's not like worlds where like I listened to it and like I just immediately like loved it it's it It's not something that I'm gonna come back to and listen to a whole lot um the singles that I like, which. I think was like one or two of them I'll have to look for it here in a second. Um, they're in a playlist that I might listen to a little more frequently, but as far as like an experience as an album goes, this is one of those ones where I'm going to say it's good. It's not something that I'm going to come back to and listen to front to back. Again, probably. That's my two cents. And I think I think a lot of people are going to feel that same way, and that's okay. I think a lot of people are going to be very pleasantly surprised by this album. And that's okay. And I know that we're late talking about this. I know that the people that I might be addressing have probably already listened to it. But I just wanted to point that out. It's good. It's just not what I wanted. And that's perfectly fine.
2: Mm. So, so it's like, so this is my one of my most recent tens. Because I, I do, in fact, think this is a 10 as far as that goes. But it's more in the sense of, like, is it is it groundbreaking? Not really. Is it going to, like... Where was I going with that? Anyway.
0: To kind of interrupt you real quick. Um, speaking of ratings, if I had to rate this, like, on a technical, like, on on, on a more, you know, professional scale... I would say this is probably a nine like this is really it really is a good album on a scale of like how much I enjoyed it. it's lower than a nine. I don't know where it's at because yeah. i wouldn't I wouldn't put the time into making that scale, but I think there's I think there's a fine difference between somebody enjoying something and somebody saying something is good, you know
2: yeah so it's it's like I kind of. I kind of give it that really high praise more in the sense that there's like not, there is not a single song here that I don't like. And there's maybe like one or two songs on it that I don't love. Yeah. Uh, so like, it, it's not really a concept album as much as it is a collection of of songs about him trying to like get back on track with his mental health and all of that. And, yeah. and in that it really does its job. Uh, and it's just it's just like a really good collection of songs with things like musician is just like that one really has to good. be like yeah that has to be like my favorite out of the singles that is I'm, just like
3: i'm literally listening to it right now
2: like that is i wish i had written that like kind of thing it is it is spectacular it, and i will uh, say
0: it takes it takes a little bit of guts to name a song that way or name anything that way like to name a song musician or to name you know an art piece you know the painter or whatever like it yeah it, it takes it takes a a good deal of like I don't want to say introspective but it you need to understand like by doing that you are challenging every other person in that genre of art you know you you are you are towing the line between being pretentious and being artistic and that's a really cool place to be because it really makes you think about you know what you're making and what you're doing but you have to be careful with that because that could go south so quickly in my opinion
2: well the the song itself is about like how he wanted to like he wanted to like pave his own path as a mm-hmm. musician like yeah. everybody around him is like that's not a viable career you should mm-hmm. do something else with your life and he's like no right and i then, i'd rather yeah. not do that mm-hmm.
0: and that's that that kind of that kind of ties into what i'm saying it's like you know you just you have to like have a clear understanding of what you want and i think that that song serves its purpose I, I i will say this is one of my one of my more favorite songs from the album as well it it I was worried that this is going to be like one of those overly pretentious songs and it's it's not, you know, it's it's almost refreshing and like real. Yeah.
2: Like it's like for for being such an autobiographical album about like uh rising from depression and like self-improvement and stuff, it's very humble. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 like and texturally it's very beautiful too. Wind tempos Caught me so off guard when I was first listening to it, especially because like how the track list goes, the first song is very short, and then the second and third are singles, and so you really at that point don't know what you're getting yourself into next.
3: Yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, but that that was a very pleasant surprise for me because it like that is um like the pianos and all of the ambient like glitchy sounds in the first half, and then all of like the, the vocal chops and you just it's very beautiful piano work like that that one was stunning uh and then going into other songs like mother was really good oh uh, yeah.
3: that was really good
2: sweet time kind of sounded like an m83 song to me almost like I can see it. not com-
3: <sighs> like like
2: not completely but like
3: it had a little bit vibe.
2: reminiscent of like Hurry Up We're Dreaming like kind of thing. So I I can always appreciate that. I can uh, see it, yeah. Blossom was like very like sensitive, acoustic, like love ballad. Uh Trying to Feel Alive is like kinda of the end credits for the album. And it really does like a good job with that kind of like settling everything and wrapping everything up. This is just a beautiful record. Like never have I seen an album so like optimistic and just like, yeah, I I love it. <laughs> I love it a lot.
3: I think I love it. Do you, need, do, you, do, you need a, do you need a tissue, Danny? Sounds like you're gonna cry.
2: No, oh, no, I'm no, I'm just like, cause uh, <laughs> how many times over the course of this podcast have I said I love it a lot? <laughs> Yo. <laughs> um,
0: and with that? I think we're gonna end the music uh, section. I do. I'm gonna give a quick shout out to a few more because I'm looking through the responses. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we had "Lights Out" by Lee Matthews, New and Trey. We had. <sighs> Something called Key Gen Church, but, like, next to it, I, I guess church. there was, like, I don't know, emojis or something they tried to use, and it didn't work for Google. Oh. So, it's, like, <laughs> it's all fucked up. Rip. Of course, Crisis Vision by Must-Eye. There was the New Colors, uh, Volume 4, uh, Compilation. I think that's on Rushdown oh. Records. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. That was a while back. Um, and Vola, Witness... That also came out. Don't know what that's about. Um, also, another quick couple shoutouts to things that are a little bit different. Uh, first of all, I talked about a video game earlier. I talked about Cyberpunk. I'm gonna talk about another video game. This one much more recently came out. Uh, Guilty Gear Strive. Go listen to that OST. It is so fucking cool. It Guilty Gear has always had this like really cool combination of like alt rock metal kind of like meets fighting game vibes and it's really cool that all the songs are like kind of parodyish of popular bands like from the past few years or whatever there's a song on there that's a theme song for one of the characters um and it sounds it's it's it sounds very very similar to like misery business by paramore uh, and there's uh quite a few songs like that on this game and record and it's really cool i urge you guys to check it out if you have time and finally i want to give a quick shout out to inside by bo burnham I yes thought, i thought this was pretty cool um i'm not gonna go into it too much because i think it's an experience that you need to just kind of go into blindly to kind of really feel
3: and get the impact like, of it. like here's the thing you can listen to the songs like on spotify and be like okay you know haha comedy song also Very yeah nice but you need to watch this special. You yeah. need to watch this special to understand. Like, watch
0: watch the special on Netflix everything. definitely for a different kind of like feel to it. Um, if you just want to listen to it, go on Spotify and listen to it. But I do so encourage you... you to watch it on Netflix. Cause it's a totally different experience. And if you want to feel depressed,
3: watch the special.
0: I think Bo Burnham is one of the most honest people, um, as far as like internet celebrities go. So definitely definitely, uh, definitely give it a watch. I think it's worthwhile. Alright, moving on. Let's talk about video games. Let's talk about
3: E3. Um, um, I was at work the entire week. <laughs>
0: that's fine. It I was at work for some of it. Um, We've got some
3: shit to cover. We
1: do,
0: All and right. I'm going to keep it as short as I can. I'm going to try and keep us underneath um, an hour. I'm aiming for about 45 minutes for the Slack section before we kind of tap out. But um, I'm going to go... I'm going to go last on this one, actually, and I'm going to let you guys kind of talk about what you want to talk about as far as games go. Okay, cool. also, I want to point out, we don't have to talk about E3. We can talk about video games that you want to talk about as well. That's not a problem. I don't care. I just, you know, this is the game section. E3 is the big thing that just happens.
3: I, the only thing I can say about E3, I'm going to go first because my thoughts are short. Okay. I watched, like, some of the first day of E3. What was it, like, Ubisoft, right? Yeah. Um. So I watched some of that. I got bored because it's Ubisoft. And I was like, oh, I didn't know... Nintendo had an E3 uh, presentation, right?
0: Yeah, they were on the last day.
3: Oh, they had a Nintendo Direct as well, didn't they? That was Nintendo Direct, yeah. Oh, it literally... okay. All right, so... I was like, oh, let me go uh, make it to see the uh, Nintendo Direct one because I, you know, Nintendo is an interesting company. I want to see what new games they'll be bringing out to the Switch or any new news about a new, maybe like a new Switch Pro that everyone's anticipating about or just like Breath of the Wild. And then I had forgotten that I literally had to go to work that day. And so I was asleep all day and I went to work and it was like two days later I saw that there was a Breath of the Wild 2 uh, teaser trailer. Or, I guess, gameplay trailer. And I was like, okay. And I don't know why, but I just... I wasn't, like, excited about it. I was excited about Breath of the Wild 2 coming out when they first announced it in 2019. But when I saw the trailer, I was kind of like, eh, you know, it's a game. So, well, that's the that's same thing about uh, games now. I don't feel that same like anticipation and happiness or like you know I'll tell you why One excited a for new it. game to come out. Everything just kind of feels the same to me. Like I've played everything or I'm not as excited for new stuff or new consoles to come out. Like when the PlayStation five came out, I've been wanting to get a PlayStation five and I just don't feel the need to get one right now. Obviously I can't because fucking you can't get one.
2: <laughs>
3: you so, have to like, I'll tell you, you me, have to fight your way through like to get a PlayStation 5, but I just don't feel that same um I don't feel the same happiness when it comes to games now, which is depressing.
0: Well, I'll tell you why you you weren't so excited for the Breath of the Wild trailer. And it's because first of all, you've played Breath of the Wild. So yes, this isn't twice. really this isn't really a new game to you, but second of all, it was true, a, true. it was a trailer and this is very like counterproductive to how Nintendo usually does their like introductions for games. Um, usually they talk about their games a little bit when they yeah, have trailers I mean- like this. Usually they talk about, you know, hey, this is the new mechanic that we're introducing to Link, you know, that we has this really cool kind of arm that does all these things. They didn't do <laughs> that. They didn't do that this time around.
3: They so, used to do that. They always used to do that. They would always well, play the trailer
0: and then they talk about it. There's there's two reasons for this. One is that I mean, like I said, like the the trailer is a smash cut. Like it just it chops up as much as it can to try and like force it Hook into this the tra- trailer. Yeah, and yeah. for what it's worth, it's cool. Like if you go, like you can watch trailer analysis of this trailer, and it's really cool. Like there, there's a lot of really cool little bits and pieces in there, and um, it. it it seems like they're kind of like a, they're going back into the lore a little bit and talking about Skyward Sword stuff. But um, that's a hmm. topic for another day. The second thing is, like, this was the very last thing that they did. Now, usually the very last slot that's reserved for Nintendo Direct is almost always Smash. And it's always a character reveal.
3: And then usually what oh, happens... Oh, that, that was the last um, part of the Direct? Yes, that was the very last thing they did for the Direct. Oh, I deadass did not know that. I didn't watch the entire thing. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's that's why they didn't have any explanation for it or anything. Oh. That's so usually what happens is that Smash usually gets a reveal <coughs> at the end of a direct. And then immediately yeah. after direct, there's a treehouse or there's a, a Masahiro livestream where he talks about the characters. And that's kind of how it's always worked for Nintendo in the past. They didn't do that this time around, which is very weird. It's, it's not something that Was- I'm used to.
3: Was there not a character reveal for Smash at all? Oh, there was. It was like there was.
0: at the very beginning of the direct this time around. So you know that's it's,
3: weird. It's crazy.
0: Yeah, um, the character they revealed, by the way, is Kazia from fucking Tekken. Amazing. Kazuya, Kazuya, and it
1: did okay. in one of the most laughable ways possible, in which he carries the dead bodies of Nintendo characters that you actually care about off a cliff.
3: Oh. For you. Okay, now um, now I know exactly. What I, I'm did,
0: about. did anybody else catch the catch the scene where he's like going in to fight uh, King K. rule and like they're doing the little little fist bump thing? No, no, oh did my, not see that. God, that's such a good reference. So, in the Tekken series, the little like you know the you know how like the pre roll like all the all the studios pop up and everything for like a video game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, for the Tekken franchise, there's a pre roll. Where it's two characters, I think it's Kazuya and Jin, where they're like stepping towards each other and they're like going in to like punch each other, and it's coming in like a fist bump. They did the same thing. Oh, they did yeah, the same yeah. thing with Kazuya and King K. Rool, and I thought that was such a cool reference for them to pull off. So, okay. yeah. Um, anyways, yeah, that's 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 my whole thing about Breath of the Wild too. I, they just didn't talk about it in a way that could get you excited about it. It's just a trailer. At the end, yeah. at the end of a conference with tons and tons of trailers. Huh. So anyways, continue talking about what you want to talk about.
3: Um, that was it. That's literally the only amount of gaming that I'm interested in.
0: Okay. Danny, All I'm right, going to cool. assume that you don't have anything to talk about during this section.
2: Yeah, I didn't watch E three, and I don't know anything about the video. Okay, okay cool. Exactly.
0: Then that this is the this is
3: the Shogun and me, um, the Shogun podcast. Yeah. This, yeah. This, is this, this is the is, section this is your
2: wheelhouse. That's, a, that's <laughs> cool. The,
3: the Shogun and New Wave Mexican. The podcast
1: comes alive for me in the second half. Yep. Yeah. All right, so <laughs> I'm going to run through a list of games here that I was personally interested. I'll give my brief summary on why I'm interested in them, as well as two rants at the end for two concepts or things throughout the entirety of E3 that I hated throughout the entirety of E3. Okay. So, first off, here we go. Metroid Dread, coming out October 8th, 2021. <sighs> I am very happy to Boy. see Metroid return to a oh. 2D, presenta- well, 2.5D presentation. I'm okay with waiting a little bit more to see what Metroid 5 is all about, but I'm very happy to see that Dread is going to be a good transition title to keep people's minds on metroid while five is still in the works wait
0: is it five i thought it, i thought we were on Four. Oh god
1: <laughs> <laughs> you gotta look back son
0: am i are we on five okay i i've probably pla- well okay hold on wait. yeah
1: dur- during the stream they had a little reveal that had metroid and then five faded in
0: okay. okay 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 maybe i just didn't see that part in the Okay, whatever. That's fine. I, I'm i yeah. actually not a big fan of, like, the Prime series. Prime series is, like, a watch kind of series for me. It's not really, like, a play series. But, dude, I love the fucking side-scroll 2D, like, Metroidvania, Metroids. Oh, my yeah. God, dude. Like, I'm so fucking excited for Dread. Like,
1: There's a, a lot of care into how that atmosphere is presented to you in the game. Yeah. They go through every single mechanic that they talk about, like, building this horrific atmosphere where there are like enemies hunting you throughout you have to stand still in order to evade their eyesight Mm -hmm. it's very well presented it follows the trend that nintendo usually does but didn't do for breath of the wild 2 where they tell you about what's cool in the game and why you should buy it Mm -hmm. like a good company
0: (laughs) yeah i've really i'm really looking forward to this one i love the art style of it like i love how how well they've pulled off the 2D look but it's all in 3D environment so like they can have those like snap camera actions where it zooms in and it like takes different angles i think that's such a cool artistic direction to take no matter what game you're making um and i just i just love like this form of metroid like in my opinion this is a superior form of metroid and people will get mad at me for that and that's okay but like god i love fusion i loved the the NES titles um Zero Mission was okay Samus Returns was it wasn't bad it was like mediocre probably but yeah, yeah. I, lo- I love this style of Metroid and I can't wait all for right it.
1: game two this is a personal one and I didn't hear a whole lot of hype from anyone else about it but WarioWare get it together September 10th 2021 I I love this yeah. game when it was on, its, on the GameCube, and I was playing with my family and friends, doing all the mini-games and just having a ball. That's my favorite shit ever. It's, it's I such love a it good, when these games come out. Yeah,
0: It's such a good party game. It's, it's such a good game to just, like, break out and, like, just have a little bit of fun with people. And you don't have to sit down for, like, long sessions. They're just quick, nah. quick games. It's, it's it, can
1: be, it, can be, it can end your whole night in, like, three or four hours, or you can do it to settle a score.
0: Yep. Absolutely. It's good. It's it's actually honestly I would go so far as to say that like this is like new wave Mario Party, basically. Mario Party serves its purpose, but it goes on for a long time and like it's monopoly. It, it makes you angry with people.
1: It has a tendency to overstay it's welcome.
0: Yes. Where you wear, not so much. I feel like it's good. It's short, it's sweet, it it satisfies that hunger.
1: It's good fun times. Alright, game three. This one's where it kinda dips off a little bit because of what's going on with it. Halo Infinite multiplayer reveal. Reveal. We know Halo Infinite's coming, but here's the sticker, and this is the one that made me take a take a little bit of a step back. It's free to play.
0: So here's the interesting thing: the multiplayer is free to play, but the campaign, yes. but the campaign is not free, unless you're a Game Pass owner, in which case you get it for free anyways. And like normally, this would make me like really nervous about a game. But I, I I can understand it because of, like, Microsoft's, like, kind of, like, point of view on things right now. They want to move to subscription-based everything's shaking. Um, they want to move to, like, subscription-based shit. And, like, Game Pass is cool. I just don't use it very much. But I can see the benefits of this. And I really think that Halo Infinite... It reminds me a lot of Halo 3's multiplayer, and that gives me like a good feeling about it. And I'm not as wary about this free to play multiplayer as other people are, and rightfully so too. Like you're not wrong to be kind of wary of it. But in my opinion, because of how much Microsoft is trying to push game Pass, I think this is why that they've made it free. that's
1: my two cents okay all right well i'm gonna pass through the next two because there there's not a whole lot on these games that i really have to talk about Mm. starfield coming out november 11th 2022 still have not seen enough of this game to get excited for or worried about anything so i'm just gonna leave it as is
0: fuck you todd i can't (laughs) believe i can't believe todd got up on stage the very fucking first person for the xbox presentation and he's like what's what? up guys I'm Todd Howard I want your money Here's a Starfield teaser And it's like it's not even a fucking it's, Gameplay teaser <laughs> It's gonna work You know it's gonna work That's what, the worst part Now here's what here's what I am kind of like grateful for Is that they've confirmed that like Creation 2 like the, the second Iteration of the creation agent, engine e- engine, is like, engine Is working So it's like I am happy. That's so. That's so fucked up. You have to
1: look at like the fact that there's a creation engine too. We're using a new engine, and the point of praise that you're giving it is that it works.
0: Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. That's that's fucked up on its own. I'm just glad that they have moved on to this because we've had so many problems with Fallout 76 and even Fallout 4. Like, just because they were running on this fucking fucked up mummified desecrated goddamn engine that they've had for years and years. You know, like, I'm glad that they've moved on to something new and that will hopefully help them work through some of the bugs that they've had in the past.
1: Yes, it hopefully. does need to It does need to go a little bit higher on the ladder because of their past failures with the Fallout series. And I they've also recently announced Fallout London, too.
0: I heard about that. I don't know so... what to think about it because there's literally no information on it, but I I am
1: not at all excited for it, because it looks like it's using the same engine, same assets as Fallout 4 and Fallout 76. I mean, maybe
0: maybe it's not even a new game. Like, did they confirm that it's a new game?
1: It is is a new game. It is in a new setting. It has new storyline, new characters, all that stuff. But... It still very much feels like what they did for Fallout 76, mm. but just toned down a little bit. Or it's like, it's a new game. Yeah. It's got all this new stuff in it. But it's really just Fallout 4 with a different setting and a new look.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's... Fallout really kind of shot itself in the foot in recent years. And they can bring it back. They can absolutely... It's a good fucking like world and universe to be in. So like they could absolutely like revive it at any point in time by making a good game. With Starfield, I feel like they have, like, everything lined up for this game. Because they've been talking about it for so long. And, like, yeah, they had the whole thing where it's like, we've been working on it for 25 years. Well, maybe you have, but you haven't really. That means nothing. Yeah, like, that that means, like, somebody wrote down the name Starfield one day. Anthem was in
1: development for that long.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, fucking World of Warcraft was in development for 25 years before fucking World of Warcraft came out. Like, you can't just say that, and then, you know... But I do believe that they've wanted to make this game for a really long time. I do believe that they have, like, this universe set up and created and, like, ready to go. I do believe that they have worked on this and, like, have thought about this for a really long time and want to make this a good game. I just don't have any faith in Bethesda as a game developer anymore. Handle it, yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's whatever, dude. Like, I get that Bethesda is Xbox's new big selling point because they have them as a first part. Oh, and by the way, everybody, Starfield is Xbox exclusive. And it's not coming to PC. It's not coming to PlayStation. It is Xbox exclusive.
1: Yeah, all you filthy non-Xbox plebeians. <laughs> Get in line.
0: <laughs> I it's seriously like this is one of the games that is making me consider getting an Xbox again. Oh no! Like it no? It really it really 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 depends on how good this looks because if it's some because I love space games I really I really like them and I feel like there's a lack of really good ones. But like it has to hit the nail on the head. Like this has to be like 100 a game that I know I can sink my time into. Because, uh, yeah, if I'm considering purchasing purchasing a console over a game, it needs to be good. On top of that, I'm not the only one that would play on this console. My dad would play on it every once in a while. And I would use my PC for most other things. But that's that's a topic for another time. We'll get to it when, yeah. when we get to more Starfield news. Yeah, I've got a
1: few more games to list up here, and then i got my two rants. Okay. All right, game one. or well, game one of the, the final four. Far Cry six. Not a whole lot of thoughts on this one. Again, one I'm just skipping over. It ju- it just looks like Far Cry. And that's fine. For people who want to do Far Cry stuff. It's got the cool big bangs all over the place. You got guns, you got animals to train fight people with. Sure. Far cry. Yep.
0: Yeah. That's an audience. Yeah, I will say it's starting to look more and more like just cause lately. Yes. And that's I guess that's okay. I don't know. We'll
1: see. Sure, sure. Games can go in different directions, but it's not one that's super offensive to what Far Cry is. Like it's not too deviating from what it is.
0: It still looks like Far Cry. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Sure. It's for the people who want to do it. All right. Big personal favorite, and one that I am very much anticipating, is Trek to Yomi. This is one of the smaller games that was come that was announced. Okay. And it actually had some gameplay. It is a grayscale 2.5D samurai-ish game and already you've sold me this is it's, this is a very easy combination
0: to get me excited for your game it's so beautiful dude it's so beautiful like i get jazzed up about artistic direction in games like i mean you heard me talk about dread earlier like i'm really excited for dread just for the art direction yomi is like everything it, everything about it if it makes an- you feel as though you're going into another world legit. Like, it makes me feel like I'm playing a Ronin movie from the fucking 70s and 50s of Japan. 1960s and 70s, yep. I just, like, dude, like, I'm in it. I'm all for it. If this is a That's good very- game, if it's got good gameplay, this right here is quite possibly going to be a masterpiece to me. Because it's just, yeah. it just looks so fucking good. And I love, like, how... The 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 models don't really feel like people; they feel more like the puppets. I don't know, dude. It's just it's such a cool like look to me, and I really appreciate um, Devolver for like supporting projects like this for 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 publishing games that take I don't want to say a bold direction, but take a little bit of a different approach to how we look at a video game, basically.
1: Literally. Yeah. Yeah, the presentation for this game is super solid. It's one of the h- main highlights of E3 for me. Mm-hmm. That's a game where I look at it and it's like I'm literally buying that second one. Yeah. And I don't do that a lot for games at E3. Mm-hmm. um Speaking of games that I do not do that at E3 for Battlefield 2042. It's coming out October 22nd. It's Battlefield. It's it's a good return to Battlefield. Like it looks like it's really going really hard on the evolution stuff. Mm-hmm. Storms happening in the middle of the battlefields. You got um, the same kind of crazy plays. They show off specific crazy plays. Yeah, the Ren in suit. the trailer, drive up into the sky, rocket launcher. Get back in your ship. Yeah, drive a drive a jeep off a building. See for a helicopter. Sure.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's Battlefield. It, it does it does look like a, an excellent return to form of like Battlefield Four. And I think that's what people want. I think that, like, specific, like, era of Battlefield is what people are looking for.
1: And yeah, it's it's gonna be fun. The only downside is that I'm disappointed that there's no story mode. Apparently it's going to be multiplayer it's only.
0: multiplayer only, and it's online only, so you can't even play it offline.
1: That's a damn shame, because there's a lot of wiggle room that Battlefield devs can do with a story set in the future. Mm-hmm. And I would be very surprised if they didn't at least have bad company three on their radar at least for the next game or two games on
0: yeah yeah no absolutely
1: there's so much there
0: i really think that they're trying to kick this game out as like not like their war zone per se not like a battle royale but they definitely like want something to be a game as a service and like get you to pay more into it later on in the future and i will say if you want to make a game like that, that's okay. But please sell me that game. Don't tell give me, me give that me this a reason. Is, yeah, don't tell me that this is Battlefield Six and then turn it into what basically Modern Warfare turned into, which is Warzone. You know?
1: Yeah. I want to play your game, and if I find myself at any time going like, "Man, I really enjoy my time playing this game," every single second I am playing it, that's when you've earned extra money.
0: Yeah. Like, I, I just want people to be honest about their games. I don't want them to sell me this game that's supposed to be a sequel to the Battlefield franchise when it's not. It's when it's literally it's just, you know, a multiplayer version of it, which is okay to sell. Maybe not for $60, maybe not for uh-uh. $70, like on the consoles. But, you know, like, it's if you sold me this game for $40, I'd pick it up. Full price. Yeah, Absolutely. Because I think Battlefield is fun cautiously
1: optimistic for this one
0: Mm -hmm. yeah and like going into like its release date we will see more in this game they'll talk about the weather system more which is really the the main thing that i'm interested in yeah and then we'll decide you know if this is worth it or not
1: i want to see a giant tsunami like they have in disaster report where an entire (sighs) continent-wide tsunami wave slams into san francisco I want that
0: level. You want to do you, now? Do you say that because you live near San Francisco and you want to see San Francisco drown? Yes and no. <laughs> All right. Moving uh, on. Moving on. What's your other rant?
1: Last game. Um, well, that wasn't really a rant. That was just the last, second to last game, and ah. then it's the two rant. The the one game I am hundred percent buying, and this is a very big surprise for me personally. Is the new Ace Attorney, Ace Attorney Chronicles. It is coming out on my birthday, July 27th, 2021. So, I have never played, I've never touched, I've never seen anything Ace Attorney in Death. I don't know what the gameplay is, I don't know what anything is. This game did all of that It answered all of my questions. It got me hyped and it gave me a really good reason to play it. Again, I'm going, going, getting back this game.
0: To, going back to Nintendo's way of releasing trailers, hey, this is the game. This is how it works. Please do that more often, people. Like, yes. I don't think you understand. It actually sells games when you talk about how the game works.
2: Yeah.
0: Your <laughs> business trying to sell something, it helps to sell.
2: Yeah.
0: And, yeah the Ace Tur- and this new Ace Attorney, this is the one that's set like in in like middle time, not middle time, like, uh, right a. English, yeah. England.
1: Yes, kind yeah. of in like industrial era era England. Okay where you hang out with Herlock Sholmes.
0: Herlock (laughs) Sholmes. Yeah.
1: Ooh, I'm going to have fun with that.
0: Yeah, that's, I I really like the idea of this. I really, really think that this is a good entry point for um, Ace Attorney. I always felt like the Professor Layton Ace Attorney crossover game was really weird. But this right here, this this is like, I, I feel like this is right for Ace Attorney. I'm all in there, yeah. So I'm I'm also excited for this, but again, this is another one of those games where it's more of a Adrian watches rather than Adrian plays kind of game. Yeah. And that's, like I said, that's that's a new kind of meta coming to the world, people. That's just, some, some games are for people to watch, some games are for people to, to play, and that's perfectly okay.
1: Yep, this is a game I am definitely going to be playing. I'm going to be looking for it as often as I can mm-hmm. on the Nintendo store. Yep. Yeah. And I'm going to have fun playing it. I just know it. Yeah.
2: Alright, All moving right. on.
1: Time to get mad. Okay. So, point one. I hate this so much. But when you're at an E3, the biggest gaming reveal event in history, let's not mince our words here, it is the biggest convention for video games. Yeah. Do not, I repeat... Do not make a joke of games or companies that have been bumped off of the roster because you want to make another announcement. This is expedited infinitely when your announcement is really really shallow. The biggest offender of this is fucking piece of game show. booting off oh. <laughs> well I'm gonna get to that <laughs> the biggest offender of this is. Some rando kicking off an indie developer who we only got a link to their website to look up afterwards. And even did a whole skit where he's like getting mad that he's bumped off the roster for Gabe Newell. Which, at face value, distasteful at least. But sure, whatever. It's Gabe Newell. He might have something interesting to talk about. Not really. Didn't have a, a game equivalent to show off.
0: You just they're talking about um Steam, the how, how you're able to play the demos for all the games that they're about to show. Yeah. Like okay, that's demos. Maybe have Welcome somebody to- Maybe have somebody else from Valve come do that and not in the way that you introduced yourself. Don't. Oh, have, no, that'd be that'd be worse. Don't that'd have That'd be so much worse. Don't have Gabe fucking Newell come in here and tell me that they've got demos for video games on Steam. I don't want to hear about that from you Gabe. You've created three franchises that people love to death. That need part 3s that you haven't delivered on. You can't fucking tease people like this, dude. Please don't
1: don't piss on me and tell me it's raining when I was about to grab an umbrella. Yeah, And a really good umbrella at that. Like the game they were about to show off for that indie dude, it looked cool. It did did look cool. And a lot of the other indie games that didn't have their own little showcase, like I know there were a couple 2D side-scroller beat-em-ups and platformers that actually looked pretty good. Their style looked good. Gameplay looked fast and snappy. Mm -hmm. I wanted to see those games. I don't want to see Chernobylite. I don't want to see five different games set in Chernobyl.
0: Yeah, what was up with that this year? There was a lot of very Russian games that... Like, Stalker 2, 2 I can make in the session for because people have been waiting for that for a while, and it's got its own kind of, like, elements to it that make it unique. But, like, so many Chernobyl games this year.
1: The only thing that could maybe explain it is that there is um, ongoing rises in chemical activity. In Chernobyl, because rain is starting to seep in through to the sarcophagus, and it's starting to create a lot of radioactive events in there. Not anything lethal or things that will lead to anything super catastrophic, but it's just active again because water is starting to seep through. Mm -hmm. That's the only thing that I can be like, sure. Let's make five Chernobyl games about that. (laughs) I I mean, oh man, yeah. All right, the PC gaming show. When I looked at the schedule for the first time, I was like, oh cool. They've remembered what PC gaming is, and they have the PC gaming show. It's gonna be for an hour and a half. This is gonna be great. We go into this stream, everyone's in mech warrior shit. Huh? Who? Mech Warrior. Okay, disclaimer before I get into this. Mech Warrior fans, if you're if you're listening to this, fine. I do not take any offense from this. I don't mean to shit on your game. I'm sure it's fun. I like the idea of being in a mech and doing mech things and shooting other mechs. That's fun. I just don't want you to take over the entire show and give us like an ARG storyline with the show that isn't even resolved in the show. You're hinting that it's going to continue for the next E3, which is 100% going to make me go, no, thank you. I will not watch the next PC gaming show.
0: So, real quick, I just want to say, the PC gaming show is always terrible like this. Like, they have good releases here and there for for the PC gaming show, but for the most part, their, like, presentation and, like, the style they decide to take is always, like, wonky and kind of awful. And, like, I get what they're going for. They're kind of, like, trying to swede things and, like, it's just, like... I don't know. Maybe don't lean so hard into it. Or if you're going to lean into it, lean into it a little bit more. <laughs> have it for your specific segment of the PC gaming show. Or, yeah, that, that have too. Ma-
1: have the majority of it be people walking out into that void presentation stage, like Mika Burton, um, That's also- whoever else you need to to announce PC games or toss to another segment. Do that. And then when the Mech Warrior segment comes up do the whole little ditty, do the, do the storyline, have everyone be in the mech suits, do role play stuff, talk about the custom PC. That's cool. That that builds hype.
0: That's that's also a good point. It's like you don't need to theme the entire thing after one game while you're talking about other games. That makes that that kind of downplays the other games.
1: Especially when the when the reason that Mech Warrior 5 is even at E3 to begin with is for big updates, not expansions. Not a new version of the game, not a remaster, not new textures or anything, not just a big update. Yep. All right. I mean, you can, Necrori fans can write in if they want and prove me wrong, but when I look at your news, it's just updates. Don't, don't take over the show like that. That's, that's, that's not good.
2: All right. Is that all the uh, talking
0: points you have?
1: That is all. My Steam is very much out of me.
0: Okay. So I have some things to talk about real quick, and uh, the first thing I want to talk about is actually E3 as a whole. Mm. Um, we live in a new internet age, a very weird internet age because we just got through a pandemic where nobody could go to conventions. Um, you know things. We're like- all
1: in our we're all in our sweat dens. Yeah,
0: we, you know we're yeah. Well, I that's, that's I the best way to describe it. I don't like to call my room a sweat den, but yeah. Um, anyways. I'm not, in I'm,
3: Texas. Not to, I'm not ashamed to call this sweat tr- That's I, true, dude. Like, our, I'm in California. Our, our, I'm in Arizona.
0: I win. Our, we are, our, yeah, we're all in sweat tents. Our, our ACs are running. Um, We live in an interesting age where E3 is kind of irrelevant in a way. Don't get me wrong. I love E3. I love like the big presentation conference style of things. But I've started thinking about it a little bit differently lately, and... I think Take-Two <clears throat> had the most realistic approach to E3, even though I did not want anything to do with their presentation. Um, I think E3 should probably go back to being a trade show for like, industry professionals instead of being this video game presentation thing. Because it's, it's lost a lot of its prestige
1: compared to the other Game award shows that go on throughout well, the rest of the year.
0: Well, there's that, but it's also like Nintendo's proven that Nintendo Directs work. They can do them whenever they want. They get all the hype. They have fucking YouTube reaction videos, trailer analysis videos. They have streamers playing all their games. You know, what's the point of you, like, waiting for this conference to come around when you're like, we have this collection of things. Why don't we just do it whenever the fuck we feel like it? And we can pre-record it so it doesn't even have to be a live event. It's the same thing for, like, PlayStation. They do, t- they do play... They... Ugh. state of play state of play now and it works it does exactly what they wanted to do when you pile all these things together at e3 when you have like an xbox conference a ubisoft conference the nintendo direct um back when playstation used to be there they had the playstation conference it really boils down to who's the last one to go because i can tell you right now Nintendo having Breath of the Wild 2 in their back pocket the entire time and being on the last day completely deflates everybody else's presentations. It takes away so much hype from so many other people at one time that it, as a publisher or as a developer, I find that kind of disheartening. You know, like you had this good initial reaction and now nobody remembers you because Breath of the Wild 2 got announced.
1: It's a sort of hollow cake structure, and that's a term I've invented in the past five seconds for it but it kind of makes sense in the terms of how e3 is presented to the viewing audience mm-hmm. you're gonna remember the presentation that came on last or the biggest presentation that came on last in which case this is nintendo mm-hmm. and you're gonna remember the first big one that happened after the pre-show which is the ubisoft forward event
0: yeah it, yeah so time between if you ubisoft those, and, and xbox yeah
1: yeah you either set the mood for all of e3 or you're giving people a memory that they're going to go out through the rest of their year with until they get to the next conference.
0: So, and to kind of wrap up this whole statement, I think E3 needs to change as an event. And they can go about this in a number of ways, But and Kit is going to fucking hate me for saying this, but I think E3 should move to an event status kind of like the Game Awards where they kind of more talk about games that have come out, where they kind of, like, showcase, you know, what's good about them and what people liked about them, and interviews with, quote, industry professionals, you know, and, you know, invite people who are actually involved in these games, not just fucking presenters like Todd Howard, you know, bring actual people to these events and you know, like have real discussions about these video games, about the industry, you know, like and just kind of like make us feel like these are a product that we wanna stand behind rather than, hey, new thing coming. You know I, I wanna see I wanna
1: see Jeff Gersman hounding the Mortal Kombat developers and asking them who is the next DLC character.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I think I think, I think that's what these conferences need to start focusing on. They need to stop focusing on uh, big things. Give me just a second, guys. I'll be right back.
1: Now, this is the part of the podcast that you may or may
0: not be able to hear depending on if Kit wants to edit it out. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Don't say anything weird. Or illegal. And or illegal. Weirdly illegal. Weirdly
3: illegal. I'm back.
0: Welcome back. Alright, um I'm sorry, I had a whole conversation about who <laughs> fed the dog. Um who where was Wait, I you didn't you didn't hear what we were talking about. Continue. I heard you guys talking about fucking stocks. stocks. Okay, cool. Continue. <laughs> Let's move on. Um but yeah, Dogs. like I feel like I feel like events like E three need to change from the current model into a new model that's more engaging in like smaller terms like I would love to see you talk more in depth about certain games Um, but that's that's something for like people who are actually involved in these events to talk about and not me to talk about can somebody speak real fast yes okay I just want to make sure that my my audio didn't just disappear okay um
3: Uh, Adrian after you finish your thought I want to like uh, kind of elaborate on something that you mentioned earlier
0: okay Uh, but yeah, I feel like we can move away from E3 as a presentation event, but I still dearly, dearly love presentation events. Like give me a Nintendo direct. I love Nintendo directs. Give me state of play. I love state of play. Xbox, make your own Ubisoft make your own. I don't really care for like one gameplay trailer to come out every once in a while. Like, I mean, I'll post it because, you know, it, it gets posted, but like, I would like events like that where you talk about multiple projects that you've been working on either as a publisher or as a developer or both whatever um I would love to see more people do their own thing I mean you have these big fucking office buildings build a studio out for yourself and do these things like it's with the money that these people make it's not that hard it can't be that hard
1: yeah, it's it's the equivalent of, like, when you're in professional wrestling and you go down to the ring and you're in, like, the Battle Royale, but you get eliminated within, like, two seconds. Yes. Oh, And you have to walk yeah. back up the ramp in your wrestling that you just got into.
0: hmm Exactly. Like, it's not... It's... I, I can understand not wanting to be E3 because you want to have your own thing and you don't want to have other people stepping on your toes. I totally understand that. But... I do want you to have a presentation of that because I do want to sit down for an hour and enjoy things that you have to show off.
1: Well, a substantial presentation.
0: Yes. Yeah. Not. Don't fucking. Don't, Todd. Don't fucking stand up there, Starfield, <laughs> and say Starfield's coming, and then coming. And then I don't know. Do like a couple years ago where you had some musical guest singing. I don't know. Don't don't do that.
1: Anyways, this is not the Overwatch League.
0: Anyways, um, Issa, you had a point that you wanted to make.
3: Well, you you basically made the point. I I would love to see like a whole bunch of other companies like uh, Microsoft or Xbox have their own like state of play esque show where they actually talk about video games and show that's... what they're currently working on.
0: I believe and that's the move. Like, I I genuinely believe that is the move. You have, like, big, yeah, you have,
3: you have big... You have PlayStation commotion. already doing that with State of Play, yeah. and I genuinely... Whenever I say a new State of Play for a game that I'm actually invested in, I'll be like, all right, I'll watch the gameplay, and then I'll listen to this one dude talk about the game for, like, 5 or 10 minutes. I did that with Horizon uh, Forbidden West, and I was like, this game looks really cool. I also did that for Spider-Man Miles Morales. And I was like, this looks really cool. And so I I just, I want more games to do that because like I used to, back to Nintendo Directs, I used to watch Nintendo Directs on my 3DS every single month because they would always have the Nintendo Directs like available to watch on your 3DS. And just having that feeling of like, Being able to just watch like the creators or like developers or whatnot talk about products that they're working on. I can see all
1: these new games coming out and I can hear from their mouths why. They made the game, why they like making the game and why they think you'll like it. Tell me
0: why you're excited
3: about your game. Please. Like just please tell
0: me why you're excited about your game. I would
3: I would much rather have those type of people that actually work within the company and talk about and like work on these games than some douchebag in a bomber jacket and a gamer tee talking about, yeah, Xbox exclusive.
0: Like, dude, like (laughs) please, like can you imagine if Supergiant had made presentations for hades or pyre or bastion or transistor like i just i would have loved to had the time to like really learn about these games before they came out like they're all incredible games but like your games could have done so much better you know initially if you had presentations like that
3: yeah definitely come out with
1: your big guns Mm -hmm. and show us how you got those big guns
0: yeah exactly um. Okay. Kind of moving on from that, I I will now talk about actual video games. Um. And I don't really have too many. <laughs> I mean, ones, we, ones that currently exist. Wait. I don't really have too many that. Well, no. I'm still talking about E3 announcements. <laughs> oh. Okay. I don't really have too many that I'm like incredibly excited for. I didn't really get a whole lot of the ones that I wanted. Like Breath of the Wild Two is cool. East and I talked about it earlier. We talked about how it's a teaser trailer that they didn't explain, so it didn't really land the same way. Yeah. Um, but moving on from that, we talked about Dread. I'm super excited about Dread. Um, but certain games just didn't get talked about. Like, I'm so excited for Fable. Fable is one of my favorite series. And, like, I just want to know more about what this new Fable is going to be. I want to know what it's going to look like. I want to know, is Peter Molyneux involved in it at all? I hope not. But Is he still crazy? Probably. He... <laughs> no, he's... 100%. He's still crazy, too. Still... <laughs> Is, is there going to be cool crossover stuff like, you know, the old ones had where, you know, you had like the Master Chief costume and all that? That's the kind of stuff that I want to know about Fable. And moving on from that, you know, Nintendo. I would have really liked to have seen more about fucking, I hate this name, Triangle Strategy, you know? I would have really liked to have seen a little bit more about that game because, god, it has such good, like,
3: Wait, was Triangle Strategy again? Like
0: Final Fantasy Tactics early Fire Emblem vibes to it. It's
1: got a it's got a very Octopath Traveler feel and look oh, to it. Oh, I re- I remember
0: I remember that. I remember that now. Okay. Yo, and while we're on the subject of Octopath Traveler, let's talk about people moving to this like 2.5D HD like meta. I love it. The I love it. <laughs> I, I know,
1: thought you were, I thought you were going to lead into isometric view cuz that was the other constant trend throughout
0: E3 is that we saw a lot of games that had that isometric camera view. There's a lot of games doing isometric that aren't getting it right. That aren't like, you know, like doing anything cool with it. Like it's just isometric. Like that's not really, I'm not into it.
1: Yeah. But most of the 2d, 5d stuff that we've, that we've seen so far look pretty good.
0: Yeah. There's a, there's a, I mean the actual company that made Octopath, they're making a new, a new dragon, a dragon, not a new dragon quest. They're remaking a dragon quest in that way. Um is it Trials of Mana that got announced? No, Trials Secret of Mana? Secret uh, Secret of Mana, I think is the one that they did. Yeah. Um
1: Secret of Mana remake.
0: Yeah, that one's getting a, a good little 2D or of uh, Yeah, a 2D HD remake, which is cool as well. Um I I'm excited for pe- more people to do that. I feel like that's a, a cool kind of process to run into for those games. Now what I do kind of worry about is like dragon quest is it gonna be just dragon quest 3 again i never played dragon quest 3 so i'm happy to play it but like is it the same combat mechanics or are they introducing more like octopath-esque you know strategy to it you know is it is it gonna have the like the combat system from octopath in it because i don't just want a visual update to games i want to you know have mechanics that make the games feel more alive and like fitting for this kind of like approach yeah and
1: it seems like dragon quest is as a series similar to the Tales series in which the earlier games give you a good platform to learn the mechanics and the gameplay on and then the rest of the games just do smaller increments on that, yeah. with new characters, new stories, and new. Oh yeah, no, I've played certain I've, ways to do that.
0: Yeah, I've played a few of the Dragon Quest. Like I, I get that. I'm just saying, like, you know, with this remake, is it just going to be a straight copy of Dragon Quest Three, or are they going to try and innovate it a little bit? And that's kind of what I look for, especially in remakes. You know, I don't want to replay a game that I've already played to play it the same way. You know, like yeah. Final Fantasy VII, the remake even though, like, I don't really get to play it because I don't have a PlayStation. I thought that was a good change-up on the Final Fantasy uh, meta, I guess you can call it. Yeah.
1: I'm very excited to actually pick it all up once all of the parts are actually released. Because I can enjoy them in, like, the little bits and episodes that they're making right now. Mm-hmm. But, again, Final Fantasy VII is a whole game experience. You know, It's not really natural to by an episodic version of a game that's already full yeah so if i'm going to experience it i'm going to experience it in full the now, way it's currently
0: being made what i will say is like they do they do try to make it feel like a full game in these episodes like they do try to like expand on it a little bit and it's appreciated it's just like i've already played final fantasy seven i know what happens and they did change things but like i would rather play it from start to finish for sure
1: yeah, and I'm coming from the angle in which like, I go back to play the original Final Fantasy VII and I'm like, this is way too crusty. Yeah, like I can't adapt to certain things that the game is doing. Mm-hmm. I'd much prefer to do it in a modern setting where things are a lot more controlled and a lot more viable.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, going back to games and E3 games in particular, I'm going to kind of try and shoot past a couple of them. There, again, there's not really many... Uh, Tales of Arise got announced a while back. They got a new trailer this time around. I'm really excited for this uh, for this type for this tale for this Tales game. Um, Happy, yeah, seems good. It it looks amazing, and like it looks like it plays amazing too. Like it doesn't look like it's you know the cookie cutter Viseria or Symphonia uh, style. It looks like they've elevated that gameplay a little bit, and like I'm excited for it
1: which is very exciting for me because I'm currently playing through the entire tale series starting from Tales of Symphonia mm-hmm. like all the way up through just so I can understand what's up. So okay, and first to know of that it's going to that it's going to end on that much of a better note like it's modernized that's even yeah. more good news. Yeah,
0: like and it's again like kind of like you know Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest they're not like all like linked together. They're they're all their own tales. Yeah. Uh, for lack of better words. Um <laughs> So you don't have to play them that way, but it is good to like kinda see how the how it's changed over the years. And I will say Symphonia is one of my favorite games. Um it is really good. The storyline is super awesome. It is a very long game. (laughs) Like it (laughs) especially for, you know, like it being a GameCube exclusive back in the day. Um, I think it was three three mini discs. So yeah,
1: yeah, kind of crazy. I'm actually, I'm playing through it right now and without getting into a whole lot of spoilers it's actually just kind of eh, the story right now. Yeah, it's a story and it's how I would expect a story to go, but there's nothing that screams incredible at me can just you, yet.
0: Can you give me context on where you are right now?
1: I am uh I'm trying to remember where I am. It This is when you go to that one town and the the king and his daughter. Um, I'm forgetting, I'm blanking out.
0: King and his daughter. Um, okay, I, I think well, your
1: daughter turns daughter turns out to be a du- uh, not what she thought.
0: Yeah, I think you're about maybe halfway through the game. So yeah, and like I think the second half of the game is like it ramps it up a lot. But I mean, to each his own, you know. Like especially, you know, it's I think that game t- came out in 2004, so like. It can it can feel a little dated too. I'm sure. So
1: it's it's got some dated stuff in it, but its presentation of the story and the character development is actually pretty solid. Yeah, like it's I said, just that there's there's nothing about it that would make me go, yeah, this is an incredible game.
0: Yeah. I mean, play it, finish it, see what you think, and then you know. Yeah. But
1: anyway, new tales.
0: New tales. Uh, good. There's a there's a there's this 2D side scroller game that came out um uh, called replaced. And boy saw that yeah does it look cool i I'm really interested in it. I wish we'd gotten more gameplay um, but yeah, it looks cool though the again this is a very good like art direction kind of thing to me um, pretty excited for that so
1: it's very it's very cool and also very sad that there are a bunch of other studios coming out with their own cyberpunk ish looking games once they've <laughs> known what the bar is at
0: yep and <sighs> throws up just what i need. Um, yeah. <laughs> I very immersive. Yeah. Um yeah, that's I think that's really it as far as games like that go. So, let's talk about games that we're playing right now, if we're playing anything. Shogun, you said you're playing Cold War.
1: I'm playing a lot of Cold War right now. I'm also bouncing between a lot of other games that I'm starting to rediscover my love for. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, a little bit of XCOM 2. slowly very very
0: slowly this server is like kind of like going into xcom phase right now dude i love it like i've been playing through xcom uh the first one for a little bit lately we're going we're
1: going through like three different branching pads that's true some of us going down xcom some of us doing minecraft some of us are doing call of duty and i'm in all of them
2: yep i'm doing none of those things I've, I've vented about Minecraft
0: before. Oh, by the way, yeah, no, I talked about the Minecraft server. Never mind. Um, yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> um,
0: I was like, oh, I forgot to tell you to talk about this in the tripulse section. Um, yeah, I'm just, I just get so frustrated with Minecraft sometimes, dude. Especially like in our world seed, there's fucking forest everywhere, so I'm just constantly lost. And everybody's like, well, build shit. Like, okay, I wish I could, but I keep dying and losing all my shit. So you have shit around you to build in order to that's what I'm gonna have where to you do. are. That's what I'm going to have to do, dude. I'm just going to have to build random shit out of all the shit that's around me because... I, I came across your house that you made near me. It's that giant single stone
1: tower that has a bunch of random stone in it. Yeah. I'm very confused as to why it goes up in a staircase and then lowers down into like a it's five not, foot drop
0: it's not supposed to <laughs> it's i haven't okay i haven't gone back like it's been a little while since i played it's there's supposed to be a floor there and then like that's like the basement underneath it okay yeah i was building i was working on building like a um like a french a french chateau kind of building but it's gonna take a while mm. because it actually is a lot bigger than i thought it'd be and i need a lot more materials um, got it so yeah that's that that's all I had to say about Minecraft. It's like I just get frustrated with it because I keep dying and losing all my shit, and I because I don't know where it's at. Um. So yeah. Um. XCOM, yeah. a Big renaissance of that in this server. Well, I say big. There's four people playing it. It's yeah. It's it's a <laughs> renaissance. Um. But I love it, dude. Because like XCOM is like one of those games where I'll come back to you and I'll put a solid twenty hours into it. Just. Off rip.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm, right? I'm fearing that I'm not going to spend all that much time in it because there are a lot of other games I'm more akin to, like yeah. Cold War. Mm. It's taking up a lot more of my time and my interest than that's XCOM what, is. Yeah, that's absolutely
0: fine too. Yeah. So, all right. Well, that's that's pretty much it for me. Um, I gave my thoughts on E3. We talked about some video games. We talked about a lot of video games that are coming out. Uh, we talked about music. We talked about Porter Robinson's Nurture. We talked about uh, the Minecraft server. Anybody else have anything to say before we sign off? Uh, I have absolutely
3: okay. nothing. What did you say, Danny? To say. What? Wait, what would you say? We'll hear it. We'll hear it later. Wait, Kid, Danny, do your thing, you say, Danny. What would you say, <laughs> Danny?
2: No, it's just a video that I watched the other day it stuck in my head. <laughs>
0: What? <laughs> okay, we'll we'll address that later. Um, can do your thing. <laughs> yeah, I can't do your thing. Anyways, um, I'm Adrian. Thank you guys for listening to Tripod. I'm gonna let the others um reintroduce themselves so we can get on out of here.
1: I'm not Adrian. I am the blunt and bland gaming nerd Shogun. All right. Look at my young boy in the cut, and then what the all what
3: are You feel yeah. me?
1: <laughs> okay, cool. But what's your names? Uh, Hi,
2: I'm Danny. (laughs) Nerds. There you go. Thank you, guys. Goodbye. (laughs) Bye. Bye. I love it a lot.